I tend to find the need and then create it based on the need. So by the time I create a curriculum or I write a book, I already have a small pool of community who I know there's a demand for this for. Now I just have, all I have to do is just continue to remind them that this is here. Welcome to the Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Hey, I'd love for you to stop by DailyCreativeHabit.com. I've created several resources with you in mind as a creative person. First, there's a link to our free private Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It is filled with creatives of all types who have raised their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. And so if that's you, we would love to see you as part of this group. There's also a link to receive our free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. This goes out twice a week and is filled with resources and inspiration and daily prompts for you as a creative person to make sure that you keep showing up every single day for your creativity. And lastly, there's a link out to the new Daily Creative Habit Guided Creativity Journal. And this is something that I'm really excited about because it's a 90-day journey that you can go on that guides you to plan and show up for your creativity and help you track and help you measure and figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. This is available right now through Amazon.com. Hey friends, welcome to this episode of Creative Chats. And uh, I get to sit down and speak with someone who is just a like-minded individual. His name is Kron Valentine. And he is not a visual artist, but he is a creator. He has created books, he's created courses. And I love that we have this kindred spirit of using ourselves, our own experiences as the testing ground for the things that we're bringing to other people. We talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about his creative process and just his journey, his story of where he came from um, in, in just growing up, his childhood a little bit, but then also like his work experience and how he leaned in and redeemed a lot of these experiences to the things that he's doing today. So I know that you're going to be greatly encouraged by Kron's journey, his story, and find some of those threads to pull on that you can then apply to your own creative journeys. So without further ado, I'm going to get out of the way. Here is my creative chat with Kron Valentine. Well, hey, Kron, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. Uh, I love when I get to, to talk with somebody who has multiple creative outlets, and uh, I know we're going to dive into a lot of that today as far as what that looks like for you. But before we go too far down this trail, why don't you just let the listeners know kind of the who who are you, what do you do kind of soundbite. Who am I and what do I do? My name is Kron Valentine, and who I am is I'm a man who who's inspired by life, and I seek to inspire others through my creative talents and, and endeavors, so to speak. That's why I am. Awesome. Awesome. And so um, what does that look like as far as your creative endeavors? Right on. So um, 
I'm an entrepreneur for sure. So what I've done is I've converted pretty much all the stuff that I do creatively into to a business format. And it's all been organic. So I'm I'm a lot of my creative stuff is in the realm of education. So to give you some background, you know, and I'm very transparent with with things. So, you know, I grew up um in the in the what they call the the crack epidemic. You know, I grew up in the 80s and things of that nature around the time where a lot of the stuff that people rap about and that, you know, all that stuff, like that when it was really going yeah. on and drug impacted communities. And the reason I share that, and we could go back to that if you want, but the reason I share that is because that's where my work started. You know, um, when I got a little older, I got into what people say conscious. I got a little conscious. I started reading books and started getting all kinds of information. And I started to reflect on my childhood and on what I was taught culturally. You know, now in my, in my household, I was I had a strong support system, but culturally I was taught, you know, as a young black male in the 90s and in the 80s, you know, keeping it real. You know, a lot of destroying our community is real, you know, this, you know, more destruction that I can create in my environment, the more realer I am, you know, which was nonsense. You know, winning was losing and losing was winning. So when I when I started to reflect on that, I wanted to do something about it. And um, it started with me just separating from that mindset. And then again, like I started off today saying, wanting to inspire others to do the same thing, particularly young people. So I started, I became a teacher because um, I never had a black male teacher or a man of color at all at teacher in my whole public school experience. And I'm like, that may be something that somebody else could get some value from. So I became yeah. a teacher. And and from there, you know, the impact I was having on those young people just led to me seeing a lot of other ways that I can impact my community, which led to curriculum development. Um, I'm, I, I do make music. You know, I really used to be a rapper when I was younger, but now I just do it out of love through the music, through my writings, through my speakings. It all started from when I started working with these young people and when I started to um, break away from that mindset that I was taught culturally. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love there's so many things in there uh, that I want to just highlight. And, and, you know, I see how you have taken this journey where it's led you to redeeming some of the past, right? Mm -hmm. Looking backwards and seeing like, okay, here were the experiences I've had as a kid. And how can I speak into those for others? And particularly finding a foothold in, you know, education and going, okay, I can be a teacher. I can be that, that role model. I can then develop things within that system and then beyond. Um, I love how that unfolded for you. And I'm sure as everyone, right, it's, it's always this journey we go on and we're like, I don't really know where I'm going. You know, I don't know what's happening here. I'm looking for open doors. I'm looking for opportunity. Um, and, and sure guided by a sense of like, um, I'm sure passion and, and wanting to help others. Um, but like, did you have a sense at all of like, here's, here are things that you want to create or was it more of the, um, I'm in this environment and now here's the right next step that seems to be presenting itself. That's a, so that's an interesting question because I'm a, I'm a visionary to an extent where I can see like where I want to go. Right. But I don't always know what that's going to look like. And it's mm -hmm. usually divine intervention that gives me one step at a time. So it's both. And what happens is I'm not a big um, complainer. 
You know, people sit there and they, the system needs to do this or the school system needs to do. I don't do all of that. I find what what is needed and then I see what I can do about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how it's always been. So like, for instance, which leads me to the next piece. Um, after I was a teacher, I started working with I wanted to impact the community even deeper. And I started working with incarcerated youth. And I work with incarcerated young men, particularly young ladies, too, but mostly young men in L.A. for nearly 10 years. And in, and in doing that, I saw there were some gaps. Like, for instance, I saw what was missing is a lot of these young men wasn't getting um, programs and curriculums that really spoke to their mindset. You know, they may have stuff that says, you know, drugs are bad, gangs are bad, you know, that type of right, surface right, level right. stuff. But speaking to the root causes of a lot of the decisions they make, you know, that wasn't there. And it's like, we don't know what we don't know. So how can it be created unless somebody really sits and ponders on that? So what I did was I started creating lessons that would speak to the thought process of a lot of these young people, because I've been there before. I've been in that same thought process. You know, I can't say I can relate to everything that these young people are going through or have done. But I, like I say, culturally, I'm not far removed from them. So I started to, you know, like how I was saying, um, the way we were taught when it comes to manhood and things of that nature, you know, I start picking those things apart. You know, and 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 having them just question things instead instead of telling them what to do or what to think, just question it. Because once you start questioning it, it's going to unravel because it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. Right. So I started creating these lessons, and as I was creating these lessons, and it was connecting, I was like, wait a minute, I I can actually create a full curriculum, you know, and 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 put it on the market type thing. And I did that, you know, and when I did that. And I'll stop in a moment. But when I did that, uh, it picked up real fast. And then a friend of mine was like, hey, Ron, I mean, it's great that your curriculum is selling, but I think you may be taking for granted that everybody has the same lens that you have. Mm -hmm. So you have people buying the curriculum, but they may not have the same lens and they may not be teaching it the way you think they're teaching it. So I was like, man, you're right. So that led to me creating trainings, you know, train the trainer type things. and. That led to me becoming a, a training consultant. And, you know, so everything has been very, very organic based on the needs that I see. I'm the type of person um, and why people tend to like working with me and things. I'm the type of person I feel in gaps. You know, I'm not trying to, oh, you're, you're doing this. Let me try to do what you do, but do it better. No, if you're doing it and you're doing it well, you have that. Let me find what the gaps are and how I could support so we could collaborate that's always been my model. And, and it, tend, it, it tends to work and take me all over the nation and hopefully over the world one day. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's uh, it's problem solving, right? It's it's finding um, what is it that you said, like the gaps, right? And then and then following your curiosity is the other thing I hear you saying, right? It's it's going, what is it about this gap uh, that that could be solved and how can it be solved in a way that that can help people move through this and you know and i love that it presents possibilities right because when you're curious about something you're going to throw yourself into it you're going to be passionate about it because you want to solve this problem because you feel it right and you know that other people are experiencing this and so then with that process comes then all of a sudden creativity kicks in too right because you're like okay I know I got this problem, I got to solve it. And and maybe other people haven't been able to do it. Maybe they're not even aware of it, but like, what am I going to do in the face of this now, right? So can you talk a little bit about like, how does creativity come to life for you in those moments? Like, is it something that 
you think about as far as like, okay, I see where the gap is and I see what the problem is here. And now I got to figure out how to connect some of the patterns or is it more so like a just blue sky? Like, Hey, we can do whatever here. And let me just start experimenting and seeing what happens. Again, I would have to say for that answer, both. So okay. since I'm like, we could do anything. Like, that's how I feel. I feel like, especially with the human mind and th- like, we can literally, like I always say, when I especially when I used to speak to these young people a lot, I say every time I see an airplane fly in the sky, that is a reminder that we can literally do anything. I say, just think about it. I can't make a quarter float in in a in a in a, in a bathtub. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, you know, but but yet there's cruise liners that's floating on the ocean. You know what I mean? There's a there's a machine up in the sky right now carrying hundreds of people flying over my head. So somehow somebody defied the impossible, right? The Wright brothers, and they they defied because that was impossible at one time, right? Like there's no way you can do that, but they showed that, you know, there is a way. So with all that being said, I come from that reference point that we can literally do anything if we are committed enough and we have the vision. So then what I do is I tend to look at certain challenges in our communities or in the world or things of that nature, And a lot of times the way I see it, I may see a solution, but the way I see the solution, it always comes to me like everybody sees it, you know, and it's like, yeah, everybody, don't we all see it this way? And then I sit and I talk to people and I find that no, (laughs) like, they're like, no, they don't. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, okay, I have something else. And then that's when I start to pursue, you know, like, okay, let me, let me, let me look into this a little further. You know, it's the same thing. I say I work with with youth, but also work with adults. And what, what a friend of mine has called me, a couple of people have said this in different ways, but they call me a translator because mm-hmm. they say I'm able to bridge different thoughts and communities and, and people together, like with all at the same time, without me ever compromising my authenticity. Like I'm not a, I'm not a code switcher. You know what I'm saying? I don't, and I always say to people who who tend to code switch, it's not a bad thing because that's a, that's a strategy. You know, you when you are some places you act so, this way, when you other places you act this way. I, I get that. I just for whatever reason I, I don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I I do understand there's a time and place for everything, but I'm pretty much the same everywhere I go, and. But somehow I'm able to bring people together where it's like they come from this community or this thought process. They come from this thought process. And somehow we find those common grounds. And I just realized that's one of my gifts. Yeah. So I'm just constantly looking at different things and just seeing, okay, is this something worth even pursuing? Worth even, you know, putting the effort in and, and, you know, and am I the guy to do it? And then I take it from there. But yeah, it's, it's it's a combination of both. That wide canvas, we could do anything. And then, you know, macro, micro type thing. And then yeah, looking yeah. like, hmm, how can I how can I contribute? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and finding those threads for people that regardless, like you said, regardless of who, who they are, where they're at, being able to communicate, okay, here's the things I'm trying to get across to you. And here's, here's a, uh, if you will, the packaging of how I can present this in a way that that makes you be able to go, oh, I get that, I can see that, I've experienced that in my own life, regardless if they have similar experiences to you or not, right? I mean, and that is a gift. Um, do you find that like using a lot of cultural and, and and like pop culture, you know, references help bridge the gap in those in those ways too? 
Absolutely. But it all depends on the audience. Mm-hmm. So if I'm working with young people or, you know, uh, young adults and things like that. So then that's when I use a lot of hip hop references and, you know, all of that type of stuff. And they, they, tend, and I used to do it more. Now I'm, I'm becoming more of the old guy. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I get here, you know, cause I still think I'm just, just as cool. I'm like, I'm like, I got kids older than you now, you know, it's, it's a trip. Right. So I'm not as cool as I once was, but I still use certain um, references, pop culture references and things of that nature. Because again, culture is so important. You know, before I even move on, let me share something with you that I share in, even in my book. Yeah. This is what a lot of people must understand anytime you're working with any kind of community. I don't care what community you're working with. We have to understand that culture dictates morality. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Culture. Morality don't necessarily dictate culture. Culture dictates morality. That's why if you look in, in certain time periods and you say, oh, my gosh, how could they do that? How could that? You know, you look at it in the history. You know, the answer always is, well, that was the culture. You know what I'm saying? Have you right. noticed that? That's yeah. always the answer. That was the culture. So because the culture allowed it and said it was cool, it 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 molded the morality. Now, it's usually a small group of people who control the culture, right? So, but that's how it goes. So with all that being said, when I'm going anywhere, I always want to, when I'm speaking in front of people, I always want to um, analyze the culture first. What's the culture of the people I'm speaking towards? Because that's going to tell me a lot about the mindset, you know? Mm, yeah. So, so with that being said, um, that, that's how I tend to move. Now I forgot what you even asked me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were asking, uh, I was asking about, uh, pop culture and, and taking influence from, you know, uh, examples yeah. around us, you know, bringing those in, but, uh, and I yeah. can totally see how, depending upon the people you're speaking to, yes, uh, you know, because older people aren't going to understand the younger references. And I, there are a lot of musical artists that my kids listen to, and I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And, yeah, and, right. and I kind of don't want to either. <laughs> yeah, like I pride myself in not knowing sometimes. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, it all comes down to um, speaking a language that is, uh, able to communicate your bigger thoughts. And so like when you're, when you're working, working with these grander concepts of like, okay, you're working on mindset things. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and if it's, if it's youth or if it's, you know, adults, um, a lot of times we're dealing with the same things, right? So let's say for instance, um, issues with confidence or, uh, issues with feeling like an imposter, you know, fear, um, those kind of things. Um, are there, are there certain themes that you find again and again, that are, are more, uh, things that people struggle with in terms of their mindsets than others? Yeah. See, that's a great question. See, one of the, like you just said, were you dealing with youth or are you dealing with adults? One of the biggest things that's a common thread is self-limiting beliefs. Mm. Some of us hide it a little better than others, but it's those self-limiting beliefs, right? And so I I, I do a lot of work with self-identity, you know what I'm saying? Because um, I learned this from uh, Bob Proctor, says um, no one operates beyond the boundaries of their own self-image. So the fact that no one operates beyond the boundaries of their own self-image means that if I want to inspire you and help you become the greatest you that you can be, I have to help you see yourself as that image, not not me see you, because I could tell you all day, oh, you're great, you're this, you're, and that sounds good, but if if we don't see it within ourselves, we will never we will never um, succeed that far, right? We would never we never walk to our fullest potential. 
So I see, I see that. I see fear, um, a lot of uh, insecurity, and, and we dress it up well. But we're in a society that's so judgmental. Even though we say we're not, we're so judgmental. You know what I'm saying? Even the the ones who claim to not be judged. Oh, I'm not judgmental or judging you for being thinking you're judging. It's just constant judging, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so with that being said. Um, I just want people to just be, just be you, be authentically you. So uh, when I, I developed the curriculum, live above the height, and that's what it's about. It's about living above the height. And when I first just created it, you know, like I said, I was working with uh, young incarcerated young men, but that was years ago. And I've, I'm on my fourth edition now, and it's expanded so far, right? Because I started to find that that that's that's just a small segment of a population of a bigger pop, you know, everybody's not incarcerated, but they just, they just have a more concentrated, uh, a lot of their challenges are just more concentrated, if that makes sense. So it comes out in the behavior, but you start to go like, I have a lot of different friends from a lot of different demographics, like a lot rich, poor, you know, racial, ethnicity, uh, bear, you know, boundaries, like they're just different people. And I find like they're all dealing with the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, working on that self image and things of that nature, working on these implicit biases. I do a lot with implicit biases. Like I do a lot of trainings on that because again, we're not aware of, of a lot of our biases and I always yeah. share that implicit bias is not explicit bias, you know? So like, let's, cause I do a lot of work with, with, a, with, um, like, organizations and, and, and job uh, professional development. And I always share, if I'm teaching on implicit bias, this is not a training to uh, disguise racism. You know, if I'm overtly biased, that's not implicit, that's explicit. Like, uh, so this is not for you if that's who you are, right? <laughs> that's something else. But we all have these implicit biases, right? Where I judge you, you judge me. And it's not a bad thing. You know, I'll be honest, it's not a bad thing because that's just how our brain works to keep to try to keep us safe. The key is when or the challenge is when those biases become harmful or, you know, what I mean, or they stagger my growth or they stagger your growth, then it becomes a problem. And I help bring those out just so we're aware of it, because that's mm -hmm. enough. That's a lot of the barriers, too. We have these biases amongst each other. And then you find a lot of people who have biases amongst other groups. You find they know the least about that group. Right. Right. But they have the strongest opinion about the group. <laughs> yeah. And then you talk to a person, quote unquote, from that group and you like, oh, I didn't know y'all, whoever y'all is. Right. I didn't know y'all was like that. See, and it's like we don't we don't give ourselves these opportunities to get to really know one another because of the fear, because of the biases. You know, I don't even have a, the opportunity to get to know you or vice versa. So I do a lot of work with a lot of that type of stuff. Mm, yeah. And, you know, going back to the point where you said you, you're, you're helping people um, become empowered to really have this sense of like, okay, like examine your own mindsets and then let's work through some of the issues that are blocking you. Yeah. Um, you can't encourage somebody else to do that unless you had gone through that stuff as well, right? So it's like you, you are speaking to yourself probably like way back and going like, you know, these are the things that, that I really wrestled with and needed someone to come alongside me. I needed to be exposed to certain things that shaped me and helped me through these things. And now I want to be able to give back and help other people with that, right? So like, is that 
a big motivation for you in terms of why you want to help inspire people and, and empower people? Absolutely. And that you hitting on the nose. When I when I do these trainings and talks, I'm constantly using myself as the reference point because yeah, the reason I'm able to connect with people so deeply is because I've been there. Like I literally understand the mindset because I've had to work through it. Right. So yes, and to answer your question, yes, um, that is a very big motivator because I've seen how my life has changed when my mindset changed. I see the quality of life that that's that's come to me based on me changing certain things. You know, again, we don't know what we don't know, right? Right. So yeah. when I started to be like, wait a minute, I started to get exposed to certain information. I started to embrace the unknown, which is a very scary thing, especially when you're dealing with people who have dealt with a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. And we deal with trauma, we start, we, we see threat and everything. But when I said, you know what, I'm just going to embrace the unknown. I'm going to try this new experience. I'm going to meet these new people. I'm going to have this new conversation. My life started changing. I'm, I'm I'm going to put my guard down because, again, coming from certain backgrounds, we had to wear this mask. Right. Or we thought we had to wear this mask. So it, it kept people away. Keep, keep Stay away. But it also kept opportunity away. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I started to switch and, and shift a lot of these things within myself. You know, the world around me started to change, you know, I always say the world around me is a reflection of the world within me. So if I want to change the world around me, I got to change who I am. Right. So when I when I did that, um, my whole life changed and I'm 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 the happiest I've ever been in my entire life, with the exception of childhood. Right. But with them, I've been I've been I'm happy and I'd be wanting to I just want to share that with other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's good. It's it's good over here on this side. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Love it. And it's very obvious because as you talk about it and you're very passionate and you're very joyful about it. And uh, I think that's infectious, which is which is awesome, because that's the thing that really leads the way, because you can be talking about all these things in mindset and and doing it in a way that's like very academic, but that's not going to connect with people like they don't want just the information. They want to see the transformation yeah. and to be able to see it in you first. And then to, to hear you talk about these things that like, look, this is what changed my life. This is what, what makes me, me today. Um, and I can help you with some of these things right now, as we dive into this material, like that's yeah. huge, you know, that's powerful. And like you say, people want to see it and even more so they want to feel it. You know what I'm saying? They say, I can feel this guy. is He's serious. Like I can feel that he is not joking. He is not reading from a script. Right. Yeah. 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 People want to feel it. And that's what it comes down to. Back to what I was saying before when I was sharing with you, that's who I am. I'm just a guy who seeks to inspire people. Right. Yeah. So with my journey, I tend to share my steps. And if you know me, you'll know I'm not a braggadocious type person at all. So it's never look at what I've done. Look at what I if this you, you you'll get that sense for off the top that I'm not that guy. But I will share with you because you see, like man, K. Ron, I know him. Like if you, I know where he started. Like I know, I know this guy. Right? How is he yeah. doing this? How is he? You know. And sometimes what we, you know, as humans, especially in our communities, whatever the community is. Sometimes we need permission from the community to be great. Like, who do you think you are? That question Mm -hmm. can ring in your head. Who do you think you are? Versus, you know what, from the community, I give you permission to be the greatest version of you. So sometimes when people see me, they like, you know, indirectly, they get permission. They'd be like, man, he's doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's, he's He's fearlessly doing it. Who does he think he is? Like, you know. 
makes me think, who do I think I am? And now I want to do what I can, you, you know, so each one teach one, you know, it's one of those things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really paving the way for like creating the life that you want to live, right? And have the impact that you want to have. And everyone has that available to them. It's just a matter of them understanding, like you said, what the limits are and where their talents, where their passions lie. And like when, when things come into alignment, there's a tremendous focus and power that can happen. And, um, I'm sure that people have have left your sessions or, or you know you've been speaking or, or they've encountered your book or your course that they've been touched and gone okay I've received information yes but I've I've also received it in a way that's been inspiring me to want to reach for more to know that like hey I can have a better experience I can create and be active in in participation of what that looks like, not like waiting for something to come or someone to call me or like, you know, I don't know, maybe an opportunity to drop in my lap, right? Like, like that stuff doesn't happen. Or if it does, it's, it's lightning in a bottle. But um, those are the, a lot of the things that I talk about all the time too, in, in encouraging people to, to be active on their pursuit of the things they want to create and how they want to see them show up in their lives. And so I applaud you for that and love your energy, love the message. Um, and I just want to switch gears for a second second here. And I want to ask you something about a process. Um, and so for you seeing like, okay, you, you think, okay, I need to create a course. I need to create this curriculum. What is it that then happens in your creative process to go, okay, I, maybe you don't know how to do this, right? Like I'm sure the first time you set out to do something, you're like, there are a whole bunch of parameters here that I don't, I don't have experience with. So what do you do when you face those those points because you obviously have armed with you the mindset to go i can do this right i'm called mm -hmm. to do this I, i'm i'm gonna step up because this is my moment but practically speaking what does that look like for you to be able to move into something that when you don't have experience to tell you what to do man so what i do is i focus on why i'm doing it what 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 am i solving what is the need so let's say i'm doing a curriculum and i'm creating a curriculum on mindset all right, there's a thousand curriculums on mindset. So mm -hmm. am I just trying to duplicate them or, or am I, do I, is there really a need for what I'm bringing? And then I realize, okay, there's a need. So what, what am I bringing that's unique? And I think about it. What, what, what part of the mindset am I touching that these other thousands have not touched or they have not touched it the way I am about to? Then I'll write that down. So, okay, mindset, um, self-limiting beliefs, right? Okay, now a lot of people are dealing with self-limiting beliefs and they talk about self-limiting beliefs. So what, what makes you different? Then I start thinking about culturally those self-limiting beliefs and where they came from that nobody else has necessarily spoke on. Then I make, so now I know that's the angle I'm coming from. All right, when, I, when we talk about self-limiting beliefs. Then I think about what else is there that I want to talk about. Um, time management. All right, there's a lot of people that talk about time management, but what... Hmm. I know that the mindset that I had, I know what kept me from time, you know, what, what messed up my time. Man. And so I've always tend to back to your point, think about my own journey. And I realized, like you say, yeah, you could do a dry academic thing on time management or self-limiting beliefs. But what does it really look like? What does it feel like? What did K-Ron, what did you have to go through? What was your challenges? And I like to your point, I speak to myself. What did I need to hear? If I could sum up all that I learned that finally got me through this, sum it up and, and, and make a lesson on that. 
And that's how I tend to do it. And then I was kind of do outlines. And then I'll start with that. It may be two or three lessons. And then from there, but now my mind, I'm building momentum. And now my mind is geared to, okay, I'm building a full curriculum. All I got is two lessons right now. I'm not rushing it because it's not like I have a, a deadline necessarily other than what I put on myself. So now my mind is working that way. So now when I'm having conversations, I'm like, oh, that was a good one. I see he's struggling with that. Man, I, I'm going to do a lesson on that. Oh, I see, you know, because now I'm out in the world and I'm talking and now, but now my mind is set on building this curriculum. So I'm speaking to people. And as I'm speaking, I'm I'm taking in and processing the need. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh man, or a conversation I had. I'm like, oh, that conversation was good today. I could turn that into a whole lesson, you know, and I tend to do it like that. And that's what keeps it very, very practical. And that's using my process with everything. I, I outline why. You know, why am I the unique person to speak to it? What am I going to bring to it? And then from there, it just organically builds until I'm like, okay, it's done. And then right. put it out. So let's say someone is listening and they're like, hey, I have been working on some curriculum. I, I have my points. I have my outlines. I have my information, the content. But they're not sure what to do as far as a next step as far as how do you get that out there? Like, do you, do you publish this? Do you, do you put this on a website? Like, what does that look like for somebody? That's a great question too. Now, now with that, I will say, I don't tend to do go to the traditional route. Like I'm a practitioner. Mm -hmm. So more so than, than anything else. And why, what I mean by that is like, when I wrote this book, Beyond the Crack Generation, it's in, it's in universities, you know, it's in, you know, schools, it's, it's in the community. I've never done a um, a book launch. I've never done a book release. You know what I'm saying? I've never done any of that type of stuff. I should, but I haven't. So the reason I say that is because of the work that I've already done. See, the thing is, I don't, a lot of times people create stuff because they want to create it. And then they try to find somebody to buy it. See what I'm saying? I'm going to write a book on my story and then I want to sell it to you. But you don't really care about my story. I mean, I mean, respectfully, like, you, why would you? Like, not enough to just say, but I want to buy a book on K-Ron's story. I don't know K-Ron like that, right? I tend to find the need and then create it based on the need. So by the time I create a curriculum or I write a book, I already have a small pool of community who I know there's a demand for this for. Now I just have, all I have to do is just continue to remind them that this is here. I already know you need it. Because over the, you know, over this time, the relationship in one way or the other, I either seen you need it or you've explained to me that you need it. You just didn't, you just don't know it's out there. So now, so that's ten, how I tend to do it. So like if I write the book, I already know that there's people who, who, who are doing community work. You know, there's social workers, there's counselors, there's teachers, there's all these people who want to impact the community but they have all these blind spots. They have cultural blind spots. I already know that because I've been doing this work for so long. So here's a book for that. Now I just got to let you know it's out there, right? Yeah. I already know for this curriculum that that there's uh, there's missing pieces when it comes to mindset and you're trying to help this population go to the next level, but they keep falling back because you're missing something. Oh, you're missing the mindset piece. Now I just got to let you know it's out there. So that that's my model. Now, as far as really getting it out, so I self-publish everything, you know, I do all of that. But as far as other people, you have to find what works for you. I'm, 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 a, I'm, I work. Everybody doesn't have that same work ethic. So I would say to the listeners, 
make sure you're writing or creating something that there is a demand for. You know what I'm saying? If if, if it's something that you know you just it's just well, I forgot what they call them heart projects or something is that what it's called yeah, passion projects yeah. passion projects if it's a passion project know that it's a passion project and then make it because of that because we are creatives like me I make music I'm not necessarily trying to go get a record deal it'll be great I make music and I listen to it you know I like it you know what I'm saying people when they hear it they tend to like it too so I'm saying okay maybe I'm on to something but it's a passion project for me Right. I'm not making music and then trying to shove it down people's throat. Like, look, don't you like this? Don't you like this? If they like it, they'll let me know. I don't play music and then say, hey, what do you think? I just play it. If they like it, they're going to tell me. I don't have to ask. You don't. You, if you play music for somebody, you don't have to ask them. What do you think? They're going to if they like it, they're going to say, hey, man, that's a good one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when it comes to our creativity curriculums, make sure there is a there is a demand for it, you know, or else you'll be frustrated. You know what I'm saying? So I would say if it's a passion project, keep it that and then kind of, you know, get it out to who you can and see maybe there is a market for it. But if you're really seeking to do this as a business, build the relationships first and make sure that there is a demand for it. So if you know you're making a curriculum on it don't matter how to play the organ, you know, start developing relationships with that community. I don't know who you will reach out to because that's a different community than what I'm used to. but Build community, build relationship with churches, build relationships with music program people, you know, in schools and, and, and start to get the fillers. So when you do create that organ course, you can you already have a pool of people to, to pull from to say, OK, I have this and I, I already see that you need that. But don't just make something and then try to force it on people because you find mm -hmm. yourself being frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's very common within especially artists space um, and, and the creator space where it's easy to get so in love with the thing that you're creating that you forget about the people who you're trying to serve with it. Yes. And the, the, the thing in which you're talking about is really validating the idea or the service and making sure that, yeah, there is a need there, like you said. Um, and, uh, and also, like, I think you highlighted something really important, too, as far as having the relationship with people, because so often when you're creating something that's a solitary act, right, you're in your head or you're, you're in your office or you're in your studio by yourself and you're creating something. But the, the problem is if we stay there, we're not connecting with the people. And then we're not in those conversations, like you said, because it's very different to be like, creating something and talking all about yourself and your own experiences, which some people may resonate with. It's a very different thing to say, Hey, you know, when I sit down and I go to play the organ, you know, I always have this problem. That's like, you know, X, Y, Z. And when all of a sudden you talk about that and it becomes something like people are like, Oh, you too. Like me too. Like, I can't believe that. That's incredible. And then all of a sudden you, you have a conversation happening and it's not simply you just making announcements and throwing things at people. But the conversation and then you can even find that there's even more things on a deeper level and then you can start speaking the language of the people so that you're like, oh, I really can help you and here's how and here's how all this connects together, but you can't. I don't think you have access to that if you're just stuck in your own little zone in your own silo right. Right. See, because as you just framed that which was brilliant that you can come as the the outsider salesperson. And everybody's going to be like, man, who are you? Who is this guy that keeps trying to sell me something? Or you could come in as a person amongst this community, 
who came up with a solution. You see that there's a big difference. I, I, I want that. I embrace that. I trust that. But if I'm an outsider that just pops up to your community and say, hey, I got this thing and you need to buy it. Oh, I don't even know if you fully understand our challenges. I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So it has to come from within the community in some way. You know what I mean? It don't mean I have to actually know you to be a part of the community, but I have to be a part of it some way. And I have to be able to express back to the to what we started earlier that I understand the cultural values of this community. I come from the cultural values of this community. I have the same struggles. I know the same. I understand the social norms. And because of that, I am blessing this community, which I love so dearly, with this solution. You see yes, what I'm saying? Yes. That That's how we do it. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Love it, love it, love it. Cameron, this has been it's just an incredible conversation. Uh, I love that we've highlighted so many different things, not only from your own journey, but also just encouraging people who are creating things yeah. and to take this and apply it to their own journey and to the to the creation process. Um, uh, you're, you're talking about the book, you're talking about the course, right? And so I want to give you the opportunity, like, where can people find you? Where can they they buy the book and sign up for the course and be a part of the things that, that you have going on? Right on. Um... Well, my my I'm on Instagram at Live Above It. If you want to check me out on Instagram, um, you can also go get the uh, all of my products. If you go to liveabovethehypestore.com, that's liveabovethehypestore.com, you'll find the uh, Live Above the Hype curriculum, my books, all of those type of things. And that's that's pretty much it. And and also for those who are working with organizations, I have something called the Live Above the Hype Success Academy. Now, this is a um, online course that really focuses on mindset for organizations and agencies that work with clients that need their mindset more developed. So I work with a lot of workforce development um, agencies and give you a quick uh, overview of that. You find in a lot of work development programs. They may teach the clients how to job interview. They teach the clients how to dress for the job interview, how to handshake, eye contact, write resumes, and even help the client get the job. But then you find a lot of times, depending on the, the clientele they're working with, it's not sustainable because the client after two weeks is a no call, no show. The client after three weeks wants to cuss their boss out. Why? Because there's a mindset that hasn't been developed. So I work with a lot of these agencies and I license the Live Above the Hype Success Academy to really work with these, back to what I was saying, these inner thoughts and, 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 and cultural norms that I personally had to deal with and a lot of people from my community had to deal with that I know about, you know, to help um, the client succeed. And if you want to check that out, you could go to mysuccesspathway.com. That's mysuccesspathway.com get more information, schedule a meeting with my team, and let's work together. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I love that. And we'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes so people can just click and easily go and find exactly what they're looking for and to follow along with you to be a part of your ecosystem. And I highly encourage people to do that today. So thank you so much for this time today. I've enjoyed getting to know you and uh, yeah. always love when I meet people who are, who are just um, just like minded like that, where your your own journey and story is the thing that you're putting out there and encouraging people and, and inspiring people to live a better life. So uh, I feel a kindred spirit. Right on. Thanks for creating this platform, you know, for, so we can get these voices out. So appreciate you as well. Absolutely. Thanks again. Right on. Have a great one. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, 
leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.